Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the Friarside Chat. We are having a special off-season edition. Today is November 8th, 2023, and it's good to be back. It is, and way more stuff to talk about than I thought we'd have yeah. on November 8th. Lots of Padres news. Uh, let's hop into it. We're going to be talking about, we got some Padres award winners. We got the managers out of here, and you got some thoughts on the GM. So without further ado, dude, let's let's hop in. Um where gold gloves. Gold glo- Let's gold. start happy. Yeah. Happy times. Gold gloves. Positive note. We weren't sure if Tatis was going to get it, given he's coming off of a PED suspension. Right. He didn't play a full year. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He earned it. Dude. He deserved it. And he got it. Dude, and he did. He earned every bit of that thing. He had, I got some of the numbers here. 27 defensive runs saved, which is just crazy. By the way, that was the same amount that Manny Machado won a platinum gold with, or platinum glove with back in 2013 or whatever. I didn't know that, but that's amazing. Yeah, right? Pretty insane. And it's, right, I think he had less than 20 games or something, or less than 30 games out in the outfield entering this season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really remarkable because you saw him do this in spring training. You mm-hmm. saw him in snippets in previous seasons play the outfield. It looked uninspired. It looked goofy at times. And it seemed like coming into this year, every other team noted that. Yeah. They were <laughs> wanting to test him. They said, hey, he's new out there. He's eager, and yeah. he often has been known to throw away a ball or two. So they ran on him, yeah. and ran on him, mm-hmm. and ran on him. And he said, thank you, come again, hey, you're no. out. Right. And it resulted in a gold glove. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable year out of Tatis for his first full year in the outfield. Yeah. Hopefully a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the validation he wants to be like, you know what? Maybe this move wasn't the worst. Because right. you know he misses playing short. Absolutely. But when you're winning gold gloves... How much are you missing? When, it? Yeah, Maybe less. Glow's getting a ton of love from your fans out He's there. He's got right a field. section, the Tatis section in right field. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I think, like you were mentioning, um, there was a snippet, I think, from Bo Mel that was basically just saying how this whole year Tatis was just so bought in. And was just it. so like team guy. And it was probably because he was humbled a little bit with the whole PED thing and how, getting how so much you hate. You know what I mean? So he just became that like, you know. It's probably just a good reset for him. Here's and a, then look what he does, you know? Here's a question Unreal. for you. Do we look back years from now mm-hmm. and go, that suspension might have been one of the best things for Tatis? I mean, his trajectory was so fast out of the no. gates as a young player. Hard not to get a big head. Right. I, I still think he handled himself pretty well as a young player with that much success. But then you see how he came out of this suspension. And he's just, like you said, grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. Grateful to not be booed. <laughs> Grateful that the fans want him. Yeah. You know, it's got to be scary when you're a young player coming back being like, do they like me anymore? Do they look like they loved him? He was the mayor of San Diego yeah. for a little bit. And uh, he got a warm hug from the crowd and he returned the favor by bringing home the gold glove. Yep. And it wasn't even close to. Sorry, I got I was looking at the numbers again. Yeah. I just want to point out. So the guys he was up against, no slouches either. Mookie Betts. And Who's then, that? I know. <laughs> and then Lane Thomas of the Nationals, who honestly isn't even like that good with the glove. He's just got a cannon. Yeah. Um, but so Mookie Betts, three defensive runs saved. <laughs> Lane Thomas, one. And to be like, I mean, <laughs> and those aren't, you know, it isn't the end-all be-all stat, but a lot of people agree that that's kind of the one that's like, it takes into account kind of everything you do from a defensive standpoint and how much you contribute to your team's success. On defense. 100%. So just for reference sake, he's at 27. The next guys were three and one. That's pretty good. Let's give some <gasps> love to HS Kim. That's right. Another fan yep. favorite. Mm-hmm. Getting some hardware. The utility gold glove award for Hassan Kim. Love it. And he's a true utility. Yep. Played second, yep. short, mm-hmm. third, 
all very well. Yeah, like superior defense at all three positions. Um, not to mention, too, I, I think I was reading, too, he was the first Korean-born yep. position player, right, to win a gold glove and first first Asian-born infielder to win a gold glove, which kind of surprised me because I feel like there's been a lot of good guys, but that's what this article was reading. Play outfield. Yeah, like think Ichiro about- is like a 10-time gold glove winner, but Hideki. Matsui. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there had to have been some guys, right? But maybe not as many infielders. Can you name any infielders? <sighs> Kazuo Matsui was a guy for a while. Yeah. Uh, there was that guy, the super funny interview guy on oh, the... Yeah. What's his name? I forget his name. Oh, he was hilarious on the Blue Jays. Yes. That guy was really Eating good. bananas like monkeys because you don't <laughs> see monkeys cramp. Because monkeys never cramp. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. He was really good, but I think he didn't have the star name. To make it, even though he was really good defensively, but yeah, like not too many. Couple Break Korean for Kim, couple Korean infielders, but they were more bat first guys. So Kim, awesome. We we saw it come in. I don't, you know, when, by the time we got to the end of the year, I don't know how you could not give him that award at one of the positions. At one of them, arguably and, minus third, yeah. he could have won short or second. He yeah. didn't play enough at short, but we've seen him play Gold Glove caliber shortstop yeah. all last year. Mm-hmm. So exactly. no surprise there. Awesome, love it. And a tip of the cap on how he did with the bat. Yeah. I'm curious if that pay, played any fact. Probably just to get his name out there, right? I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Dalton Varsho. You know, doesn't have the bat, <laughs> oh, the snub, has the defense. The all-time snub. Century. Yeah, we're not going to linger on it, but Dalton Varsho led Major League Baseball with defensive run save with 29. Did 29. not get the award. Lost to uh, Stephen Kwan, who in his defense is also a very good defender. But it was not 29. Close. He had 16. Yeah. Which is still, again, excellent. Good year. But it's not 29. But that's, that's an all time snub. Uh, you just said it. Yeah. Andy Machado, platinum glove, 27 runs saved. Yeah. He gets 29. <laughs> Doesn't even get an award. <laughs> Ouch. That is hurtful. Um, and then I think last thing is Snell, everyone. He already won a, like a player's choice award or something yeah, for pitcher. And everyone's like, oh, that guy's nasty. And then Cy Young Snell. Cy Young is announced next week, I think. So, as we've been saying since, what, like August, <laughs> we were like, he's going to win. Congrats. Um, so, we'll see that very soon, I'm sure. But enough with the awards. Let's get into uh, some of the drama, shall we? Which drama are we referring to? I'm starting with <clears throat> Bo Mel. Bo Mel leaving. Later, guys. Oh, my gosh. Off to the bay. To a divisional rival. <sighs> yeah. It hurts, dude. Yeah. I like Bo Mel. Mm-hmm. Bo Mel, in his first year, takes us to the National League Championship Series. Yep. <laughs> Let that sit. Yeah. Then, we miss the playoffs, but he produces a run of winning 14 out of 16 mm-hmm. to end the season. Mm-hmm. Meaning, he didn't lose the clubhouse. They didn't give up. They yeah. didn't fold up shop and say, we're done. Yeah. They fought to the end, which, in large part falls on the manager mm-hmm. to keep spirits high enough to play meaningful baseball until you're out. And they did that. Yeah. I would argue he did a lot of his job really well. I think so too. You look at the numbers of the year. We were actually in the running for the team silver slugger, which, which feels is, so yeah, weird. That, it feels I crazy. Don't I don't know how that, that happened, but nonetheless, a lot of guys had great offensive years. Mm-hmm. Bogarts found a way to have a good year. Soto found form. Yep. Manny Machado did fine. A lot of people struggled with runners in scoring, and that's ultimately what's going to be like hit over the head, yeah. but it's because that's the reason they couldn't win games. Right. Kind of an anomaly um, when you look at everything else. You know, it's it's almost unexplainable. <laughs> just it super is. Super weird. It is. And to that point of it being unexplainable and just such a fluke of a season, mm-hmm. do you fire a great 
not good, great manager well, didn't for fi- a fluke of didn't a season. Fire him. They fired him. It was him or Preller leaving. Then yeah. they said, we'll keep both of them. They're both going to be there. Yeah. And Preller really believed it. Well, the story goes that Bo Mel was like, the San Francisco job was the only one he would have taken. I don't I believe think, that. I think it just helped the yes, fact that it's 100%. his hometown. You know what I mean? Like it helped and it helps his story because then people will be like, oh, you know, it's his hometown. It's his dream, blah, blah, blah. It's like, isn't your dream to win a World Series? It's like, do you think you're going to have a better shot with the San Diego roster? He wanted or to get there out. something else. He know? wanted to get out. It yeah. all The timing was great. And good luck to Bo Mel with yeah. the Giants, but let, don't let the Giants be better than the Padres. Uh-uh. It'd be a lot better if he went somewhere out of our division. I would really root for him a lot more. Yeah. But Bo Mel was a great manager. And we let him go because there were butting heads with him yeah. and Preller. And let's do a quick, quick, quick recap on managers with Preller. Preller has had his say on many a manager, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them with little to no experience. Young managers. Why? Because they're pliable. The tingler experience. Yeah, the tingler experience. (laughs) Watch out, the tingler. He's going to get you. (laughs) Anyone from the Rangers, really. Um, Uh, But long story long, you know, he tries to play the grand puppet and have his hands in everything. Yeah. And it didn't work. The only reason we got Bomel was because of the 2021 implosion, yep. where they said, we can't keep having these young managers with these studded teams. Yep. So public and team forced his hand to go in a direction he didn't want to go, mm-hmm. which was with an experienced manager who might push back against him. Right. Lo and behold, we get Bomel. Awesome. And the two Takes best Padres seasons under Preller's tenure, right? Yes. Yeah. And then it's not working. Yeah. Flukish season. Yeah. He takes that opportunity so quickly to be like, "Yeah, why don't you go? Why don't you go check out the Giants?" And now, what are we doing again? He's already said in statements, "I want someone who's going to utilize our resources," meaning him, his yeah. opinion, his team's opinion. Yeah. Whereas Bomel was not. Right. So, get ready for another puppet for Preller. But if it doesn't work, chances are Preller's gone. Yeah. Let's. Uh I've been reading a couple articles here on potential substitutes, or not yeah. substitutes, <laughs> freaking new managers. They're going to come in and uh, put on a movie yeah, till the, till the so, permanent teacher comes in? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, so all indications is that there's two internal hires, right, that are the leaders at the moment. Yep. Mike Schult, who managed the Cardinals for four years, including in, what, 2019? He won, like, Manager of the Year yep. award for the National League. Um, and he's been a special advisor for the Padres and working a lot with the player development over the last two years. He's kind of the leading, what everybody at the moment thinks is probably the leading candidate. Yep. Um, then we also have Ryan Flaherty, who has been a Padres, what, coach to some capacity in charge of offense or something um, <laughs> over the last three years, but has never managed in professional baseball. Yep but kind of fits a little bit better to the mold that you were talking about with yeah. Preller and allegedly him and Preller kind of boys. They are boys. So we'll see. <clears throat> that's Preller's favorite. I'm sure that's who he's going for. We'll see if other um, management And then the third in. option? Internal? Not internal. Oh, okay. I, I, just had a, I just had a couple names written out here that have been coming up in the reports. But yeah. if you want to say the third. Team but, Mexico's manager. I, I, I wrote that down. Benji Gill. Yeah. I think he's a... Uh, might want to fact check me on this, but I think he's from San Diego or like Chula Vista or something like originally. Wouldn't that be cool? And then, yeah. And then, and you know what? I had no idea he was interviewing for it. Read the article yesterday, read it, read a little bit more and then thought again, I was like, you know what? Team Mexico was probably like one of the most fun teams to watch 
in the World Baseball Classic. He's praised for his relationships yeah. with his players, which um, you look at things that managers are often praised for. Sometimes yeah. it's their ability to manipulate and handle a bullpen. Sometimes it's their communication. Bo Mel was highly praised for his communication. Sometimes it's player development. Yeah. Sometimes it's player relations. Mm-hmm. If there's something that this team could probably use, it's it's player relations <laughs> yeah. with with managers, but at the same time, results are a big part of it too, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting, Spanish speaking. I mean, have, that was so much of our team is Spanish speaking. You know, that's interesting. You know, the bilingual aspect to it because Ruben Niebla. I was just about to say right? Niebla bilingual, has found so much and look at what his pitching staff did last year. Can like you, one of the best in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's not to be slept on. Communicate, being be able said. to effectively communicate with someone is so big in the art of coaching. Yep. And when you can speak to them in their most comfortable language, right. it goes a long way. I mean, like, it's not everything. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, can you speak Spanish? You're going to be a good manager. Right. But it's not nothing. Right. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't And hurt. right, and as we know, too, right, like, things can get lost in translation so much. Yeah. So the fact that you can just be direct and to it, I think it's great. So that's, yeah, that one was really interesting. I like that one, too. And apparently... The uh, management was very impressed by his interview, is what I was reading. So, kind of yeah. like it. Kinda the three like it. options are all interesting in regards to, like, I would love to see Benji get a shot. Mm-hmm. I'd be actually kind of excited to see I think, what that looks like. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Honestly, Schilt, too. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be mad about that. I don't know if I'm on board with the Flaherty one. I'm not on board with the Flaherty <laughs> one. But at the same time, if that happens and the year goes bad, it's like, well, you're both going to be gone. And is that the True. worst thing? I don't reset know. Of I don't know. Oh, another one that's been coming up quite a bit. Uh, David Ross has been thrown out there multiple yeah. times, which I don't know. It's just the ultimate indifferent one. I, yeah, I don't, it's I don't really so know. just kind of like middle of the road. I don't think he's gonna get. I don't it. know. I don't think so either. But it's now just that we it both disagree. It will happen. <laughs> I know it's probably gonna come out like hours after posting this yep, to be like Padre signed David Ross. I'm like really? But anyways, so lots. of... Interesting stuff watch, going we'll, on. we'll stay on it. We'll yeah. keep you up to date on it. But let's, uh, I know you want to talk a little bit more about uh, why Bo Mel left and, uh, and your favorite GM in the league. <laughs> well, I can go pretty deep, but like I've already touched on it. Bo Mel and him clashed because Bo Mel wasn't going to be his puppet. Like it yeah. just, it wasn't going to happen. And Preller said when he came in, like given his tenure, given what he's accomplished, he took more of a backseat role, which he didn't want to do. Preller has already said that 2020 he viewed was the pinnacle of Padre baseball being successful. And it was because he had his hands and his communication be brought down to the player level. Mm-hmm. It's my problem with Preller. He's an egomaniac, man. Yeah. Like I haven't been on the, I don't like Preller train very long. It's really been a slow burn over time because as a fan, how much did we love when he came in and gave us big names that we'd actually heard of coming to San Diego? It yeah. was fantastic. Exciting. Hosmer signing. It was like, wait, we signed a big free agent? Because at the time, he was a big free agent. Right. That was exciting. Then he brings in Upton, Kemp, Kimbrell, Myers, all these guys in one season. And you're going, holy shit. Things are going to be different. Are we relevant? I know. And, you know, that didn't work. And you're kind of like disappointed. But at the same time, it was still just fun to be relevant yeah. as a Padre fan. Yeah. Well, and then you're like, okay, Preller's cool. And up. every offseason and yeah. every big trade deadline, mm-hmm. we're in the talk. So, like, as a Padre fan, again, we're feeling like we're relevant. 
and everyone wants to be relevant. We want to be in the running. But then you take a step back and see what's really going on. What have we given up to be relevant? Oh, man. And oh, then, yeah, I know. We can cover that. I know you pulled some names. And I was like, what? <laughs> do you want me to cover it later? Or do you want me to dive into it? I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. You look at, you peel back the curtain on these deals. And normally, if you're making these big splash deals and you win a World Series, you don't care about what you gave up. Right. The, the goal was accomplished. Yep, but given the there. fact that we've had so much failure mm-hmm. with these big deals, Let's take a look at some of the names we've given up uh, over time. Uh-oh. A lot of these are well-known. Some of them aren't. Trey Turner was in the Will Myers, okay. turn, yep. or M- Will Myers trade, yep. and he was called up a year later. One year. I mean, that was a one-year turnaround mm-hmm. for Trey Turner to start becoming relevant. Yep. Our drought at shortstop lasted from 2014 all the way to 2019 before Tatis got there. Yep. You can argue Galvis was decent, but like... Nothing so to write home but about. Right, rental piece, one-year deal, whatever. You know who our 2015 shortstop was? 2015, 2015. Alexi Amarista. Oh, the little guy. The ninja. Yeah. Shouldn't have been a starter on any mm-hmm. team. He's a great player for like Utility a spot guy, start, yeah. but not a starting shortstop. He no. was ours. Right. Progressing. Max Freed to Atlanta for oh. a one-year rental of Justin yeah, Upton. that one hurts. We couldn't sign him, and that was an implosion year. Terrible. That hurts. Then you've got... Zach Eflin and Yasmani Grandel. Mm-hmm. Grandel isn't as good now, but he had a couple he, years where he was a solid catcher. When he was on the catcher. Dodgers, he was good. Yeah, switch hitting power yeah. catcher. His PG struggled. Phase, he he yeah. excelled. <laughs> we struggled at the catcher position <laughs> forever and still kind of do. Zach Eflin went on to be a great pitcher mm-hmm. for the Rays. Mm-hmm. Josh Naylor and Luis Castillo get dished out. Josh yep. Naylor is now having a great career with Cleveland. Yeah. Luis Clutch Castillo. Team. Is an ace for Seattle. Yeah. And pitched very well for the Reds, too. That one surprised me. I had no idea that we had him. You know who we gave up Castillo for? It was a one-for-one. Colin Ray. Oof. The heck? That's tough. Then everyone knows this one. Emmanuel Classe. Yeah. For who other than Brett Nicholas. Of course, a household name. Played for two (laughs) years in that major league level with a negative war. I'd never heard of him before. Exactly. And then we gave up Marcano and Jack Sawinski, who were, who were playing for Pittsburgh. We actually got Marcano Marcano's back. back, yeah. That which is cool. fun. Fun cool. to get him back. I like but that. Sawinski's like that a power-hitting outfielder. Yeah, Sawinski's good. Kicking butt. And yeah. that was for the Adam Frazier rental. That, that was really oh, bad, was too. Really bad. So yeah. you hear all that, and you're like, golly, that's and a lot Munoz of Munoz, too. Andres Munoz. Munoz yeah. and company. That Seattle trade was terrible. Yeah. And a lot of the trades that we've made recently in the last two years have even bigger name prospects that we just don't know. I didn't include them because we don't know what we've lost yet. <laughs> yeah, right. But we've given up hulls of prospects. Yep. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. They're going to start playing, and we're still not going to have a World Series. And, and they're going to be better. young stars are going to keep Young rising. stars are going to come yeah. up. Now, there is some good in there. Yep. Tatis for Shields. That's you could hang your one of the best on trades in MLB history. <laughs> MLB history, because not only was James Shields sold... At a time where, like, he was okay, he was yeah. eating innings, he was right. decent, but he imploded the minute he got to Chicago, and then we get Tatis, and we extend him. He's a franchise player that we have. Yep. Great trade for Preller. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave out some of his hits. He got Headley for nothing, and he was a solid piece yeah, for us. Yeah, he was a good, good Padre. And more than anything, he's created excitement for the Padre fan base to rally around, and yeah. I don't want to diminish that. Yeah, that's that's what's so tough, because, right, we, we always say hindsight is 2020, 2020. right? But like you were saying earlier, 
being a Padre fan for so long, we we were so sick and tired of them not doing anything. Yeah, and so Three at least like Will it, Venable. Yeah, yeah. So at least Preller is doing something. But now it's just like okay, after a decade of like doing something and it's not working, no results. It's reached the point where it's like, all right, dude, win or get out. Kind well, of. Well, right? here's also the other tipping point, right? You get your opportunities to try and do it. You're going through managerial change after managerial change. It's yep. not working. Yep. And a lot of it comes down to the roster construction. So he's getting all these big names. We look at Bogarts. You just paid tons of money for a shortstop. He's probably not going to play shortstop. Yeah. Getting a premium dollar amount on that. And beyond Well, it, and what is the impact of that signing in like five years? Because Bogarts, no doubt, is, you know, he's, he's an elite hitter. And like a this year at least defensively really good. So like right now you're getting what you wanted. He's a great player, but like you know you're, you're going to tell me that in five years Xander Bogarts is going to be like one of the top shortstops in the game, or a shortstop at all? Right, you might just be a DH, or yeah. like first base or something. Who knows? Yeah, and not to take anything away from him, I love the guy. But, I like Bogarts, but I don't like his contract. The contract. It's exactly. okay to that's dislike what, the contract. We don't like and the that's contract. what Preller handles. Yeah, it's a really big issue that we're having because. And this goes to my final point of him being an egomaniac. Well, I think he wants to be relevant as much mm -hmm. as the Padres fans do. Wants to be in the he news. To, the minute he got labeled the rock star GM, <laughs> it was all downhill from there because yeah. every single trade deadline, he wanted the biggest and shiniest thing. Mm -hmm. We get Adam Frazier because he has, at the A time, the highest batting average in the MLB. Yeah. Didn't translate. It was right. terrible. No. We keep going after the big shiny object and are mortgaging, jeopardizing yep. our future. Mm -hmm. And that's why at this point in time, he needs to go. Yeah. Because he's in a position now where he has to win. Yep. And he's gonna mortgage more of the future to make sure he keeps his job. Yep. The next ten years as a Padre fan could be really crappy if we don't win. All these people leave, kinda like what we're seeing now. Snell, hater. Oh, man. Could have gotten a huge yeah, haul for them. Going to get into that. <laughs> but then we didn't. <laughs> yep. So now they're walking away. Yep. We got nothing for that because he needed to win this year. He needed to make playoffs to save face. Yep. And we didn't. And we didn't. Yep. That's my take on Preller. He needs to go. He's an egomaniac. So basically you're saying Preller's got to win this year or freaking get rid of him. He doesn't need to win at all, but he needs a real playoff run. We need to win more than 90 games. We need to make it deep into the playoffs. Just if he doesn't make the playoffs, he's gone. Has to be, right? Him and Seidler are good. Like, Seidler trusts him. Right. And it's because Preller's a good communicator, and he no. can paint a good picture. It's true. He's not a terrible GM as far as... He has traits to be amazing. Yeah. But I think he's let his ego and his job security really affect the Padres. And anytime that's happening, it's time to go. Like it. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was a good take um so yeah we've got that actually i think you had mentioned mortgaging the team a little bit and uh we'll we'll talk about that in our next episode coming up here um because there's lots more going on in the padres organization they're taking out loans to pay for finances including player salary yeah not for infrastructure yeah not for weird things that like run the business the yep. actual players yeah which again Who's in charge of that payroll? Preller. Preller. Yeah. We've got probably big name Padres, probably likely trade candidates as a result. And we've just got so many free agents. Leaving. Where are they going? Where are they going? What's the team going to look like? How many are gone? Is it tied to the payroll issues? Could be. Probably. Right. 
So tune into that one. We'll have that coming up. We're going to have another episode after this one. Thanks for joining us on this one. Hope you liked it. Leave any uh, you know comments or whatever. We'd be happy to discuss it. Lots going on for the Padres. We will see you in the next episode.